0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Throwback to School, the podcast where we talk about stuff we liked in high school and whether it's good anymore or not. I am the uh, Prince of Zamunda, Andrew, and with me is my uh, co-host and also uh, daughter of the owner of a McDowell's, and her name is
1: queen mcdowell liza jolly and welcome everyone
0: welcome everybody and liza i don't know if you noticed but that character's name is lisa which uh you have a bit of a bit of a problem with uh people calling you that <laughs> so i said that as i was like coming up with that in my head i like as i said it, i was like Ugh. i hope she doesn't get mad that i just almost referred to her as a lisa but
1: no it's totally fine i'd rather be a lisa than a liz mm. sorry liz is of the world or Liz... Lizzie, I've had people call me Lizzie. Who would call you so Lizzie? far from my... I... Dummies, I'm sorry. Dummies, yeah. <laughs> I, could see... I get called Liz a lot. I could see especially Liz. at my job right now. Like
0: Liz, it's like it's in your name. Like the letters mm-hmm. are there, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like it's wrong, you know. Like, uh, but I, th- it's I could you see, see it. it? I see yeah. it. Lizzie, it feels like
1: trying too hard the wrong way yeah I'm trying to <laughs> like, come you're up with putting some... effort in the worst way possible.
0: yeah I want to like form a connection here I, I, I did this once where like somebody's name was two you know two words and I was like what if I just call you this and they're like no my name is this and I was just like okay fair and I was like I knew fair. like in that moment I was like trying to you know like bridge <laughs> out a thing where I was like hey this could be fun we could have this fun <laughs> thing and the person was like no this is my name and I was like hmm, fair fair cool. so like I'm walking away yep, I will never <laughs> attempt that one again <laughs> uh, um, so Liza yeah. we are we alluded to it in our intros but we are talking about a movie starring the Murph man Eddie Murphy
1: that's right and
0: the Hall man the Hall of Fame Arsenio <laughs> Hall Hall. <laughs> um, also with uh, James Earl Jones and uh-huh a surprise uh a surprise cameo by Samuel L Jackson in this movie.
1: That's right. And what? some some pretty moments with uh uh young Eric LaSalle from ER.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: watched ER? Mhm. And uh a cute little cameo from uh Cuba Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah, mhm. Mhm. And a lot of other folks, but those are like The jump out moments. And there's like a million,
0: you know, this is an Eddie Murphy movie, so he also plays (laughs) many different roles in this movie. Uh
1: Yeah, Uh, this is like classic 80s comedy to me.
0: (laughs) We are talking about coming to America.
1: That's right.
0: Liza, this is one of your picks. This is something that I have, I've never seen it before today. That's not true. It is true. (gasps) I've never seen this movie before today.
1: Oh my gosh, that makes me so happy. Um
0: the what year did this come out? Like 80 Ah,
1: uh, you know, I meant to look it up, but uh it's definitely 80s. Um it's wonderful. It's set in New York. Uh for anybody who doesn't know, Coming to America is a movie about 88, yes, 1988. Uh it's a mo- it's a comedy. Uh, with Eddie Murphy playing a, a the prince of a fictional African country called Zamunda, uh, who turns 21 and uh, is about to be arranged, married, or wed in an arranged way <laughs> with someone and uh, decides to tell his parents that he is doesn't think he's ready and wants to meet a woman that will arouse his brains as well as his loin. <laughs> That's a quote. Um, <laughs> and uh, his like right hand man, bestie servant. It's a weird combo of three things played by Arsenio Hall. Um, the both of them convinced the king and queen to send them to anywhere in the world that they want for 40 days To kind of like explore and then come back and he'll get married. And they choose to go live those 40 days in Queens, New York, New York, America, the United States.
0: Ah, thank you. (laughs) I was wondering which country, (laughs) but thank you.
1: And uh, hilarity
0: ensues. It certainly does. This is a, this is there. This is a romp. Um,
1: Yes. It's a fish out of water kind of story, I guess. A little bit
0: there. He seems to get acclimated a little easier than like, uh, you know, it's, it's strange because like this is made in a time where like cultural sensitivity is certainly not on the tip of everybody's tongue. Oh no, no, no. There are some moments in this movie that kind of teeter on insensitive, but I was very, Definitely. very surprised how like low key this movie ends up being. And like the fact that like, you know, Eddie Murphy himself I think would not make a movie this subtle and low-key today. And No,
1: I think even like yes, the the lines he approaches and sometimes crosses are still much more tame than some of his even stand-up comedy or more recent comedy yeah. with like plain open homophobia or things like that. Right. Um so it has issues, but it's Still, it has huge gems in it, and I um I totally grew up with this movie. This is a favorite of my family. My mom quotes well the French dub version. She quotes <laughs> the movie constantly. Um, it's a cr- huge classic for us. Uh, I, I think just in general, my mom loves Eddie Murphy, and especially like eighties, nineties Eddie Murphy. so like Beverly Hills Cop and um uh The Golden Child. Have you? Ever seen that? no oh my gosh we have to do that one too um there's a lot of it I grew up with and coming to America is like a special piece of nostalgia for me um and I'm very surprised at how many people have never seen it uh I thought of doing this for the podcast originally because I found out that Brian had maybe seen a couple of scenes from it but not actually like actively sat down to watch it either so I'm really glad that you didn't either. Yeah.
0: It's just one of those I, I I grew up liking Eddie Murphy, and for some reason this just never I never came across it. And like I do think that this is a like a cultural touchstone movie. As I'm watching it, there's so much like so there's a ludicrous song called Coming to America that's mostly referencing this movie. It's um, so great. There is a I forget <laughs> there's a there's a quote in it that I know is a tag either at the end of a song or at the end of a show that Mm -hmm. I I wish I could remember it. Like it struck me as like, as it happened in the movie, I was like, ah, I recognize that. But I think like (laughs) this movie is, I mean, it's not a small movie. I think a lot of people have seen it, but I, I probably, yeah. The fact that like I hadn't seen it and your boyfriend had not seen it. And I know that my wife has not seen it either. Like there is a, yeah, there's a fair number of people who have not seen it.
1: Mm hmm. Um, it uh, so the premise is the fish out of water as in like a supposedly African immigrant like living in New York for 40 days. Um, and the, uh, there's also this whole kind of um, what's the trope of like sort of like Aladdin trope where well, the op- like pretending to be something that you're not oh, because he's... you're afraid of like of your true person being like not or your true status not being enough for the person you want to fall in love with. So like he comes, this is a reverse Aladdin. Yeah, exactly. So he, as soon as he sets foot in New York, he tries to hide that he comes from like Royal blood, like that he has money and that like literally has his own money with his face on it. Like that. He's just this fancy thing. Um,
0: he wants to live in, like, the the poorest neighborhood. He wants to live in like, the most run-down apartment. There's, like, he just doesn't want any, he doesn't want his wealth or anything to, like, influence how people see him or perceive him.
1: Right. So he ends up, of course, lying um, to the people he meets, uh, especially the, the person that he falls in love with, Lisa McDowell, um, pretends to be, like, a goat herder uh, and uh, is, like, a student he's just in, in like the the whole lie is about him being a student here in in the u s and um And anytime they, they kind of, there's these awkward, funny moments of him saying something that would maybe allude that he came from means or, or maybe, uh, his best friend, Semi, played by our senior hall, will like slip up and say something. And then everybody in the room is like, what? Yeah. Then he'll just like turn it into this, like, oh yeah, this is, this isn't this customs here? Like, he'll, he'll just try to like recoup, uh, into his own, like, snowballed lie um which is always funny yes yeah. very situational funny um they there are uh so he gets a job in this the whole trope of the mcdowell thing i think is just so freaking funny and i don't know why it's like it reminds me of like currently the the when you watch superstore it's like troping on all the things that people know about, like, mass corporation stores. So you're like, oh, they're spoofing on Target or they're spoofing on Walmart, but they never actually say the name um, because they can't. But then this one, it's a burger chain, like a fast food chain that has yellow arches or arcs. arcs. (laughs) The last name is Megadowal's apostrophe S. And, and like, the coloring and everything would make you think that it's a fake-out of McDonald's. Like, right,
0: they couldn't get the right to McDonald's, so they made up right. a thing.
1: But instead of, like, prete- like in they actually, like, acknowledge how, like, that's part of the jokes, yeah. is that there is McDonald's, and then in this world there's also McDowell's, and that the owner of the chain in this family... Like has this like ongoing battle with McDonald's. Yeah. Like I don't know. I just find it like so silly and um, I don't know.
0: Yeah, that was a very funny scene. And when he's like listing off the the differences, you know, <laughs> they have the arches, we have the arcs, and I forget what their Big Mac equivalent was, but like he's naming the ingredients. They, yeah. it's exactly Big the Mick same. You know, the Big Mac. <laughs> And it's like, yeah, patty, uh, lettuce, cheese, onions, special sauce. Special and sauce. Theirs has a sesame seed bun. Our buns have no seeds in them.
1: <laughs> and they have they have, uh, milkshakes, or something. Yeah. <laughs> all of it. All of it is just such a, like, very... Um, is this camp comedy? Campy? It's a or little... No, really? I mean, it's, a, it's a little...
0: I wouldn't say campy, but like that—that's sort of like it's sort of self-aware. It's self-aware and it's subverting your expectation of like when you see it. Yeah, when you see McDonald's, you think, "Oh, they just didn't have the right." And I think the the writers probably knew that. Where it's like the audience can think, "Oh, this is in place of McDonald's," but instead they're just like, "Nope, we ripped off McDonald's." And McDonald's is like down <laughs> the street, and they're yeah. mad at, and they're mad at us.
1: Yeah, and it's just like so funny the idea of like. Also like a mom this is technically a mom and mom and pop shop. Like it's right. You know, it's owned by a family and they maybe have one or two locations mm-hmm. that are within their community, uh, their neighborhood. And and the idea of them being like a competition to the globally mass produced McDonald's mm-hmm. like like incorporation, like it's just like so berserk it's also very, like it's
0: very funny every time somebody nonsense. comes to see mr mcdowell he asks is it mcdonald's you know like somebody will call for him or somebody shows up like he's just he's always on the lookout for mcdonald's to either be suing him or to like <laughs> yeah. come and like attack him or something he's mm-hmm. just it's yeah it's he's that whole thing was very but then, funny
1: yeah and then you get that one sh- scene of him in the office like secretly not so secretly looking through a mcdonald's binder oh, yes. as if it was like the seahawks playbook right. or something you know like if he's looking at their like what is he looking at their their numbers their right. quotas their secret recipes are about to come out with like and <laughs> and then he's like what i'm not looking at anything and then like hides it and where did he get it like what it's so weird those little details i think are what makes the movie so rewatchable for yeah. me. I feel like I've seen this movie a million times and almost every time I just like see a joke a different way or like appreciate the details even more of this, like one part or something like that. Um The, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of it, I guess, is situational comedy. And then a good chunk of it is also very, like, Eddie Murphy coming from Saturday Night Live vibe. Like, the whole, like, playing multiple characters, which is now yeah, so... He, he and Arsenio like, Hall play cheesy.
0: multiple people. And, like, especially they have, like, a barber shop that's, like, right below their apartment that they both play multiple characters in. Um, there's, like... There's a
1: rally of, uh, like black neighborhood rally or mm-hmm. black week r- rally or something like that with like a pastor and a performer who are played by Eddie Murphy in North senior hall. Um, and the, like that scene where they, they go to the community center and, and raise money for uh, a park that they were trying to, to rebuild or something like that. Um, the beginning has the neighborhood, church priest or pastor who's like obnoxious and loud and like um disgusting (laughs) like he's very like makes really gross comments about the oh yeah they're trying to raise money by by doing like a pageant of ladies in bikinis i don't know that whole
0: part that part was that was a what you'd expect an eddie murphy character to be was that that character (laughs) yeah Um, the other thing that this movie has, and I think does very well, is like, there are romantic comedy scenes, too, between uh, Eddie Murphy's character, uh, I already forget the name, what is the, uh, um? what is the name of this? Uh,
1: it's Semi and, uh, oh, wow, I'm blanking now. Hold on. Shoot. Wait, Akeem. I have it right Akeem. here. Akeem. Akeem, yes.
0: Um. The scenes between Akeem and and Lisa, I think are filmed like it's filmed like such a they're filmed and scripted to be like some of like the best or some of like the better romantic comedy scenes. I think we've seen for stuff on this podcast, like maybe part of it is the Mm -hmm. chemistry between Eddie Murphy and the actress who plays Lisa. I'm sorry that I am forgetting her name. I will look it up right now. Uh her name is <laughs> da, da da da. Wow, she is so deep in this IMDb.
1: Yeah, the the list is really weird. It looks like I think it's by appearance or something. So you get all the folks oh, that, from
0: Oh, that makes sense. She was also like in Zemuda the credits first. at the credits at the end too. Like that's not even like when they're showing and so and so as blah blah blah. Like her Her appearance in that, I feel like, was, like, later than her dad and later than her sister. Yeah. Uh, Sherry Headley.
1: Sherry Headley, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, Their chemistry, I thought, was great. And the scenes where they were, like, on dates and, like, going for walks and stuff, I thought were, like, truly cute and romantic.
1: Yeah, yeah. You, You at no point are, like, thinking, like, doubting the capacity for this relationship right. like from the get-go like minute one you're like already sold and then it just keeps growing where you'll you just want her to ditch eric lasalle as quickly as possible oh, man. It,
0: this, is, <laughs> this is one of those ditch the zero get with the hero stories and like he is yeah. such a zero in this movie and like to the point where you know there's some movies where they script the boyfriend to be like sort of a doofus and like you know a jerk too but like he hides it well enough He's so bad at every moment yeah. of this movie that like there are parts where you're just like, "How does she like him
1: yeah yeah, yeah that was that was always my my um struggle with this part of it is like she's so sweet and kind and calm and collected and like educated and over overall like, sweet, kind person. And then the idea of her even, like, starting to date this guy is very strange. Because from the get-go, you, like, they don't even wait that long to like they don't even start by showing him as a good person and then he turns or something some right for some reason or another he from the get-go is a dipshit like he's mean to folks that work in the mcdowell's uh restaurant he throws yes. his
0: shake at eddie murphy he's like hey throw this away yeah. for me and like his shake just lands on eddie murphy and like gets all over him and like
1: i screamed when i saw that i was like God. who the fuck throws a milkshake like how stupid is that <laughs> like how do you throw mccellin not mean for it to explode everywhere right. that i don't know and the and then he has like all these different scenes where he like uh makes sure that people know that he comes from money because he's like the son of this soul glow company mm-hmm. that's like, also so silly to me because it, it they make it sound like it's so huge, but you also know that it's, like, still a mom-and-pop-owned company, yeah. but they're, like, big enough that they have, like, commercials and ads everywhere and, like, everybody uses their product or whatever. Um And he drives a fancy car, but then will also, like, not be generous at all. You have all these, like, little moments where he always makes the wrong decision yeah. and you always know that he's the meanie,
0: the bad guy or whatever. The first time we meet him is at that black awareness, um, like not assembly, but that black awareness meeting. And like people are putting Mm -hmm. him on collection plates and he just passes it over. Like even though it comes from money and he likes to pay for expensive things. He doesn't give to the donation thing. No. Like, yeah, he throws the milkshake at Eddie Murphy. (laughs) And then like when they're at, they go to a basketball game together and he is so, he's being so insensitive to, such a bigot yeah it, yeah and like you know saying things like just saying like really racist stuff to yeah. uh to eddie murphy that like it's just like at what po- like what are his qualities that she likes
1: yeah yeah it doesn't make any sense besides like the only backstory that i have always made in my mind is they must have known each other since they were a lot younger or like, like
0: he only goes on dates with her dad and like by proxy of like her dad really like like Maybe yeah. they, maybe the, they've actually never met, and like he's only <laughs> gone on, he's only like bought stuff for her dad, and so her dad's like, "This he's really nice. I think you should take him out." And so like, she's actually never been on. That's my theory. They've never been on a date except the basketball game was their first real date,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: that's why when later, spoiler alert, when he announces that he has proposed to her without oh proposing my God. to her, um, that
1: whole thing is terrible. I could
0: that scene. I was so shocking to me they're having a party at the dad's house
1: Uh and he
0: just goes and he i think he either makes his intentions known or he lies to her dad and says hey i proposed to your daughter and she said yes and Mm -hmm. so her dad then announces to everybody that he proposed and i was just like what the like how in what world would you ever think this is the move
1: yeah that's exactly what brian said when we watched it he was like why would you think that that's a good thing to do? Because as soon as she she gets obviously like offended and mad right away, and he goes to her like, "Isn't this a great idea? Like, isn't this a great announcement to you, the person who right. apparently got engaged?" Like, well, he also and did, it's like you never actually asked. Or he had <laughs> or that conversation
0: with Eddie Murphy right before that, where he says to to Akeem. You know women like it when you take charge and Ugh, yeah and you know like and so for him that meant like I'll decide her entire future for her right now
1: <laughs> right now in consulting front of her. her family and all of the family friends yeah That
0: was it was such a a psychopath move Yeah, to like here's what I'll do not just like I'm going to I'll propose to you like it's also like it would be insane for him to propose to her in front of everybody without like even consulting her like hey do you, is getting married a thing for you like do you like do you see yourself wanting to get married the fact that like not just to propose in front of everybody where like it would be like it would be so cruel for her to say no but to just say we got engaged surprise surprise yeah. to you as well the person who's getting <laughs> engaged to me is like so, so weird
1: nuts yeah like it's already and maybe i come from like the the opposite spectrum where i'm like Already, like, a proposal out of the blue without having, like, some kind of preemptive talk with the other person seems so strange to begin with. But then the – and especially in public with, like, other people and then your family members there, like, that just sounds odd to me. But then on top of that, you add the layer that there was not even – like any kind of preemptive talk or an actual proposal. It's like already moving to the engage. Basically he turned it into an engagement party when like, there wasn't a proposal, like so bananas. And the idea that she'd be like, yeah, okay, this is exactly what I want. Like what? Do you even know that person?
0: That's the, that's the behavior of the ex-boyfriend in a horror movie who like (laughs) can't let it go that they've broken up. And so he shows up, and proposes in, like, a different yeah. setting where it's just, like, it's it's totally wackadoo that they would even be there, let alone propose.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, it's gonna fix all the issues, especially yeah. the part where they're broken up. Right. Sorry <laughs> that I, like,
0: I am a psychopath and I killed your cat, but I'll propose to you. And, the and reason, everything will be better. Yeah, the reason that we broke up is that you know I killed your cat, but if I propose to you, then you'll actually forgive me. <laughs> it, was so, it was so nuts, but, like... <laughs> Yeah. Ugh.
1: The um it's it's just very it that was pretty intense. Yeah. Uh and then he and, he
0: essentially disappears for the rest of the movie except for like one or two more appearances after that. Like,
1: yeah, she and then doesn't... there's a whole like awkward situation of like very almost like sitcom esque where the um the king and queen and their like immediate like servants show up uh because uh semi requests for more money which worries them so then they just show up. arrive in new york um and and it, there's this like ramped up like the, the whole movie is like funny funny and like romantic romantic comedy scenes and then there's like a 20 minute towards the end that just like ramps up really quickly and you get all these like it's this like Comedic chase of moments. I don't know how you describe that. Like the whole when they're they're at uh, the dad's house, uh, McDowell's. Yeah. Um, and the dad knows that uh, Akeem is a prince. Lisa still doesn't know. The sister, Lisa's sister, still thinks that Semi is the prince. Yeah. <laughs> and then the parents show up. While both Lisa and and Akim are like not in the house, and it's just like this chase of back and forth, and the McDowell dad like running, and there's even the like ramped up music, like it's, it's almost just like so slapsticky almost.
0: It's almost like in Scooby Doo when like they like they're mm-hmm. like the ghost is chasing them, and they're going through like a hall, like there's a hallway with like eight doors, and they're going yeah. through each door, and like. It's, like, so much of, like, okay, they were just here. Now we have to go here. Okay, they were just there. Now we have to go there. And, like, it's just, like, yeah. at a certain point, it is funny. James Earl Jones just like, just call me when they show, when you know where they are. Yeah. Just, like, I'll be at this place. <laughs> I'm done going to all these. Just, like, call me later, okay?
1: Yeah. Also, James Earl, Earl Jones, as the king of Zenunda could not be a better cast. Oh, he's perfect. Like, I cannot picture anybody else. He's, like, imposing and, like, you-don't-want-to-fuck-with-him kind yeah. of person or, like, always acts like that and then has these moments where he's talking to his son, Akeem, in this whole... He has, like, this power with this vo- his voice that I think... Like, I know he's known for that, for, like, you know, Darth Vader and, and the Lion King, but then when you watch this movie, you actually see the, like, spectrum of what he's able to do, like, super calmly have this chit-chat with his son about, like, having sex or whatever. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, it's super awkward, but it's him like trying to be like a good dad and you and you kind of forget for a second that he's a king, like you're just like, Oh, he's just a dad and then we'll randomly shout. But like not even shout, it's just like he'll just like amplify his voice in a room and you're like, Oh fuck. Like right. you don't wanna fuck with him. Like he will tear you up.
0: <laughs> I don't wanna be on, I don't wanna be on the bad end of
1: that point. <laughs> Like the couple times where he's just like ordering people around or whatever, or um, when he finally arrives at McDowell's house and is completely offensive and insulting to about Lisa, well, to her face, and then later about her to her dad. Yeah. And like, I've seen that movie so many times and even now this week I was like, oh shit! Like, <laughs> it's just like the the moments where he's just like degrades her not even in this like you know not like a uh womanizing way but it more of like i i'm you are so beneath your my class is below status, yeah. yeah and and the dad like changing his whole attitude lisa's dad of coming from like kind of like kissing ass a little bit to the king when he first hears about it. He's a cloud chaser. Like, throughout most of the movie,
0: he's, like, he wants Lisa to marry Daryl because he thinks Daryl has a lot of money and will take care of Lisa. And Mm -hmm. and then, like, once he figures out that, uh, that Akeem is also wealthy, he's, like, he is just, like, buttering him up so much. And, like, the entire movie is just, like, it's about... I mean, it comes from like a good place of like he wants his daughter to have like a better life than he and his wife had, and so like it's mm-hmm. coming from this place of like I want this g- these good things for her, but at the same time like he's just chasing clout over and over again of like oh uh, let me get you some more d'oeuvres, and you know uh, you know like he's being <laughs> but then like once and this is such a great character turn for him because he's like such a like kiss ass for most of the movie yeah <laughs> as soon as uh as soon as James Earl Jones insults his daughter then he's just like hang on a sec like mm-hmm. you don't get to talk about my daughter like that and it's like he in that moment i was just like yes like that rule yeah yeah so, like just to be like uh-uh like you don't talk about my daughter like that i will not allow this i thought it was like a great moment for his character
1: yeah yeah no it's a great turnaround and uh the fact that um the King is just ready to he's like, I'll write you a check, one million dollars, two yeah. million dollars, and he's like, No, man, no money, stop talking about my daughter like that and leave my house right now, yeah. like, <laughs> it's so good the 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 ending is definitely more on the rom-com part of the movie because it's like they end up together but they're in a twist form so the the, the ending
0: was like very that was yeah he shows up to a wedding right like his own wedding and then he's surprised to find out it's lisa under the veil and i was like yeah okay like that was a little like
1: (laughs) there's there's a big fast forward between like in the last five minutes of the movie, yeah, it's kind of yeah. It feels like there might have been an extended cut there that they just like shortened for. They ran you know. out of time. It was just like yeah, we, have to, we yeah. should
0: keep because like the movie clocks in at like one fifty eight. It was almost like we have to keep this under two hours. Under and two hours, like, yeah. We are at our capacity. We cannot.
1: Yeah. When you think about it, they fit a lot. Like there's a lot going on with a lot of characters. Yeah. Well. And, you know, half of the characters are played by two actors. But, you know, there's just a lot going on and a lot of like twists and, you know, things happening um, at various locations. And then uh, the scene in the metro or in the subway before the before the very end where they get married in Zamunda. And you think that they're not going to be together because uh, Eddie Murphy chases um, Lisa into the subway and there's he, you know, he declares to the whole car in the subway that like, he's ready to just give up everything that is royally that he grew up with just to be with her. And she's just like, no, nah, this is uncomfortable. Like, I'm not going to do that. And then like leaves. And so you think that's the end of the movie. Um, and then it just turns into them with a surprise wedding in the Right. <laughs> it's very like over the top um bananas and like the amount of people at the wedding is bananas and then like her
0: dad like you know like they they show the king and the queen and they're both like we knew and they're like giving him a thumbs up and then like her dad just can like peeks his head into like like, me too i was like (laughs) there's it was a little like that that scene was especially slapsticky in like a movie Mm -hmm. that like sort of avoided a like majority of like slapsticky moments. Like it's, you know, Mm -hmm. it's a comedy has its moments, but like, that was one where it's just like, am I watching a different movie for like two minutes? (laughs) And like, not that it was, it wasn't like a bad way to end the movie, but it was just like that whole, like, you're right. Like the whole, everything coming together in that way, it felt like they had like probably like a whole 20 minute thing, but Mm -hmm. they cut for time. It was ended up being more like five. Yeah. And, you know, which is fine. Like, this is a, like I said, clocks in at about an hour 58. So, like, it did, it doesn't overstay its welcome at all. But the ending is, yeah, it's very slapdash and, like, a mad capper of, like, wow, a lot happens there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Which, it's just, like, to tear on top of a very fun film. Yeah. Um, the the couple times that are cringy, and were probably cringy when I watched it as a younger person but now it is very obvious cringe i guess or of just a reflection of the 80s and especially of like comedy in the 80s um and comedy made by eddie murphy because i mean most of the movie is definitely like his sense of humor and his like penmanship like you recognize his tone um the there's there's quite a few scenes are pretty like sexist honestly yeah. uh and and the whole the whole situation where um one of the characters in the barbershop so there's four of them and two of them are played by eddie murphy one of them is played by Arsenio hall and then a, a fourth person in the barbershop is an, a right like another actor Dang. it's so right it's so weird because like you would think like the whole point of that comedy, of that entire situation, and like every time they go in the barbershop, you would think, like, the joke is that everyone in the room is either Eddie Murphy or Arsenio Hall, but then you have that one extra dude. It's just like one funny. Of,
0: it's one of the two white people in the movie. There's Louis Anderson, who works at McDowell's with Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall, mm-hmm. and then there's just the weird Jewish guy in the barbershop who
1: makes comments. Yeah, which is played by Eddie Murphy. The Jewish guy is? Yeah. Really? Yeah, that's the part that's extra cringy, because it's like, uh, I don't know how appropriate this is. Yeah, that's a little,
0: I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, Eddie, yeah, that's a...
1: Like, he wouldn't be able to do it now. It's an Eddie Murphy comedy,
0: so... uh, Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, No, that's the, that's the, almost like, it was that done on purpose, is... What I wondered this time is that the there is another actor there, but that other actor is not the white person, right? The white Jewish person. It's just it's just another black character, sure. Um, which is very strange, and I I don't know if it was done on purpose or I have no idea. That those decisions are interesting at the least. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um. But besides those cringy moments, uh, one of my favorite scenes are like is when at the beginning they go to bars in Queens to like try to meet women. And it just makes me laugh, like belly laugh the entire time. It's this like back to back shots of eddie murphy and Arsenio hall on one end of the table and um, it's like a speed dating moment where it's just like shots after shots of them like talking to these women they're all just bananas like caricatures and characters like they're just ridiculous and some of them are like scary because they're like playing with fire and (laughs) it's it makes me laugh every freaking time it's too good it's super eighties, the music, the outfits, the hair, the makeup, the dancing, I don't know. it's just like a little treat. It's a treat. This is a <laughs> this is a definite
0: slice of the 1980s, for sure, too, like yeah, between, yeah, the aesthetics of the movie, the music, it's all it's very eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you rate the movie today, Liza, coming to America? Out of five mm, 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 five Mcdonald binders
1: <gasps> out of five Mcdonald binders filled with data secrets and secret recipes mm-hmm. um, I would give it uh, i honestly i wanna give it a fifteen out of five, wow, I just like <laughs> it broke the feels so like. This movie makes me happy every time I watch it. It makes me very nostalgic. It like I the this time I was so appreciative of the the set piecing or like the costumes and just everything. It's just they've put so much effort and it's pretty high quality. Mm-hmm. Like it seems like a pretty high budget, especially for the eighties. And there are problematic moments, for sure. So I should probably give it a four. But in my heart, it's a 15. Okay. <laughs> How about you? First uh, viewing. First, I, first viewing, I think I would also give it
0: a four out of five. It like Wow. I agree with you. There's some problematic stuff. But honestly, not as much as I was expecting from a mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy 80s comedy movie. And mm-hmm. especially... I mean, uh, so the director John Landis has done some other good movies, but like a white director of a primarily black story, like, you know, just there's there's always room for problematic things yeah. to occur. And like in terms of you know, the the character like the character of Daryl, you know, makes a lot of like culturally insensitive uh jokes and remarks about Eddie Murphy being from Zamunda and from Africa. Yeah. Yeah. But, like he is never the good guy. He's always like, not that like that's an excuse for making comments like that, but like, he's the villain of every scene that he's in.
1: Right. Which I think it, it, I read it as the point is to show that it is bigoted and problematic right. to, to even attempt to sing things like that to people because he's the bad guy. of right. the Right. He's movie. the bad boyfriend. Yeah. Um,
0: so uh, yeah, I think like I was expecting more to be more offended by the movie and that's not to talk, to say anything about your taste, Liza. I know that you really <laughs> like this movie, so I was not like I bet Liza likes oh, this.
1: Oh no, I know. You you always prepare for me to show you offensive. Yeah, I was shit. like, okay, yeah, what sort that. of
0: what am I in for with this movie Liza likes?
1: Ugh. No, I just like I Because think... you would have been so patient
0: two years of this podcast. Jeez. <laughs> just waiting. This is gonna be the one. This is the one where I get really offended. What kind of races
1: you gonna show this time?
0: Yeah, this is it. This is the end of the podcast, I think. I'm gonna have to <laughs> on air end it. Um No, I, I really enjoyed it and like there was, you know, like you said, some problematic stuff, but like the scenes with the two of them are so sweet and the comedy is for the most part pretty funny and uh, yeah, I I it's a very and like at an hour 58, like a very brisk, easy watch too. So mm-hmm. I was, uh, I was pretty pleased by that. I, I wish it was available streaming somewhere where I didn't have to rent it. Um, like, oh. I, I think like the accessibility, of it. I own tonight. it. So I, I
1: didn't, <laughs> I <know. laughs>
0: um, but it, you know, if, and that's like a nitpick. That's like not the movie's fault. Sure. But like if this were on like a Netflix or prime or something, I'd be like, please, everybody should go see this. Cause it's, it's, uh, it's a, a treat.
1: Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you liked it. I, I had no idea you had never seen it before. Yeah. So I'm really glad that worked out. Um. Did you know that they are there is rumors slash I guess confirmed rumors that they're making a second one. Really. It's it was supposed to be released. It's expected to be released December of this year, 2020. Which I I don't know with everything that's going on. I don't know if that will happen. But, um, yeah. With. Uh, It's called Coming to Number Two, America. Is it the same cast? (laughs) It has Eddie Murphy, Arsenio Hall. Uh, Looks like there's some young folks that would be new new to this movie. There's someone named Jermaine Fowler. I I don't know who he is. Uh Leslie Jones. Oh, shit. Uh, Looks like Shari Headley is coming back for it, as well as John Amos. That's uh, Mr. McDowell. Uh, Tracy Morgan, Wesley Snipes, James Earl Jones, Paul Bates is the um, kind of like right-hand man to the king, the the big guy with the hat that sings at the beginning. Uh, Looks like Louis Anderson is supposed to be there. Uh, Vanessa Bell Calloway, she is one of the, I think she's one of the pedal girls. I forget now. Uh, Rick Ross as himself okay wow this is the list keeps on giving honestly there's just so many folks in here this is really exciting i don't know i don't know what the heck the the story would be about though like it loops itself pretty close right
0: there doesn't it doesn't call for a sequel at the end at all but
1: let's see the the synopsis on yeah me too uh the synopsis on imdb says Akeem learns he has a long lost son in the United States and must return to America to meet the unlikely heir to the throne of Zamunda, a sequel to the 1988 comedy coming to America.
0: Do you think that, uh, cause he doesn't fool around with any other women in the Not movie. on screen. So do you think that between movies, I guess we're just speculating on sequel now. Um, do you think that him and Lisa get divorced? Or, like, what What do you think happens?
1: Yeah, I think that's a great guess. I think either that or they're going to say, like, oh, before, like, the he, like, actually goes on a, you know, wine night stand with one of the ladies from the bar? I don't know. Right. Because They don't show that in... The beginning in... of them arriving in Queens... They, yeah, they don't really don't show, show that on screen
0: at all. Yeah. They don't show him like even like having like a passing interest in any other woman except when he meets Lisa. So it'd be, yeah. I mean, I guess they could do it, but just, it seems like a, a strange, having just watched it today, just seems like it'd be a strange turn for the character to have. And not yeah. that like he didn't get off the plane and saw Lisa and he's like, that's the woman I'm going to marry. And then, like,
1: <laughs> anything, Sure. Like, but the whole time is like the nobody, none of the women he meets even at the bar or before are like, it, they're never a twinkle in his eye they're they're either like yeah they're and, just not working out for and him, one of the more I
0: commendable guess. things about him as a character in the movie is that he is one of the only male characters who seems to have any sort of passing fancy in like what the women want
1: yeah or or yeah or what they think like interested in how they think and what they think about and right. like their intellect um so it'd be it'd, versus everybody it feels like it'd be a strange around him or just yeah.
0: Anybody. I, sorry. I, um, it feels like it'd be a strange turn for his character to then like go from like, should we be more concerned about what women are thinking and what women want out of a relationship? And then like have a one night stand with some person he's never met before. I like, Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, no, I
1: don't, I don't think that would be very, um, i guess canon yeah uh but maybe maybe they do get divorced and then he goes back to the u.s or like i don't know if they're gonna say oh they got married in zamuda but m- m- actually lived in the u.s or i don't know right i guess we'll have to see We'll have to find out um liza <laughs> are you ready for the
0: surprise prize i think so i think so <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> all right yes go ahead Okay, Liza, the surprise prize for today. Ah, listen to that flute from uh, Fernando. Wow. Thank you, Fernando. Ooh,
1: Fernando, love um, you.
0: The surprise prize is a question from me to you.
1: Uh-oh.
0: So, Liza, we just watched a movie that has to do with uh, essentially not immigrating to America, but sort of learning about America and... And the culture shock, some of the culture shock of of coming here and and all that. You yourself mm-hmm. grew up in France and did come to America, mm-hmm. literally coming to America. And <laughs> Liza, what it what to you? What was the biggest culture shock to you from living in France to then living in America?
1: Wow, um, that's a great question. Thank you. Um. <laughs> I think th- I'm sure there's more than one. Um, well, the, the the first thing I'm thinking of is when I when I moved here full time because I had been coming here since I was a kid, right? So not everything was like a lot of things were very familiar to me by the time I moved here, but one thing that definitely did not I was not I had never experienced and wouldn't have been able to know what it would be like until I did. It was go to school here.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh, and I went straight from, you know, finished all of my schooling through high school in France. And then my first schooling in the U S was community college. Uh, so it's like a big difference. Cause first it's like the difference between high school and college in, ge- in general is pretty big. Uh, and going from, like, the, just the system and the parameters and the expectations of French high school to those things here, uh, I think was probably the most, the steepest learning curve for me. Um, but, uh, other than that, for small little details that I can pinpoint, uh, that are definitely, like, culture shock are things like um, and all the, the, the whole system working on, on customer service. So it's going to sound really weird, but actually recently I had, <laughs> okay. Three weeks ago I went to Costco and it was really, really hot and like very, very hot for Seattle in like mid May, which yeah. is weird. And I, we, we, I had to change tires uh, of my car, so I took it to Costco. And while the car was getting serviced, we shopped. And then at the end of shopping, we got a, a treat of food and I got a hot dog. And the car wasn't completed yet, so we, but there, because of everything going on with COVID 19, there wasn't all the like si- sitting space that usually Costco has. So we were, um, standing outside under the shade of a tree on the parking lot of Costco eating hot dogs uh, while waiting for my car to be serviced and I legit cannot think of a more American situation <laughs>
0: <laughs> unless you crest, just... if you crack some cold beers under the under the tree then
1: yeah but that would be drinking in public which you can't do here so even <laughs> <sighs> The, like, fallacy of our system <laughs> um no it was it was very like it was a very strange feeling of a feeling like both inadequate because it was awkward because we couldn't sit and we were like just in a weird place on the in the parking lot like it wasn't natural at all right and People would, like, at first kind of look at us weird, but then realize, like, we were just kind of waiting and eating and there was no other place for us to do so safely for everybody. Yeah. Um,
0: you could even be waiting in your car because like, your car is going to right. service. There's, like, nowhere exactly.
1: for you to go. Yeah. And we didn't, you know, we didn't want to just standing in front of the entrance because the whole point is for people to be six feet apart so right. we were just like away from everyone but then it was just like this weird spot um and and so it was like awkward and uncomfortable in a way but then also half of it was very like somehow familiar to me uh-huh. <laughs> it just made me think of being a kid i think because of the heat it just made me think of summer and like hot dogs you know right. fourth of july kind of mix and also like um, when are
0: you like ever just like meandering standing like that's a thing that like you don't really do as an adult it's more a thing that like you just kind of do as a kid like
1: exactly you just don't really
0: have anything else to do so you just kind of stand around and like maybe you bought like a hot dog and a slurpee at the Seven Eleven, and you just kind of like <laughs> sit outside on the curb or like stand by the window.
1: Yes! And eat it. Oh my gosh, you're nailing it. It is totally like, that's why it felt nostalgic. It was like being a kid and like feeling a severe amount of uncomfortableness yet like doing the things that make you happy at the same time. Right. And like <laughs> the feeling
0: of like, well, we like Even if you don't really have anywhere else to go, you would just sort of like instinctually like, well, I guess we should just go home and like eat the hot dog or like eat it in the car. And so like, yeah, you like you sort of as an adult just always have that sort of like thing in your mind of like, well, we better get going, Mm -hmm. you know, to like just have the option to like stand around and just like linger is like not (laughs) something you do as an adult. So I I understand why that felt like nostalgic for like being a kid
1: yeah um, so I guess this the it's not really culture clash besides like cost i think i it makes me think of that moment from three weeks ago because Costco probably the first times of coming to like honestly just grocery stores in general in the u s are so different um I know that I felt that as a kid, and I know that um going to Costco for the first time as a kid was like it just feels, I mean, now it feels overwhelming and I'm not even talking about pandemic situation. Sure. Like just yeah. Costco in general is a lot. Yes. Um, and, but then regular grocery stores it's just the, the, the quantities and the organization at the same time is very like, wow. Like <laughs> I remember um, my sister's boyfriend, my, my brother-in-law uh, was visiting for the first time. Actually, the at the same time that I moved to the U.S. so ten years ago now mm-hmm. almost, um, and that was his first time in the U.S. And he, uh, we, you know, went to the grocery store at some point because you do that, and. it it reminded me of how fun it is to go to grocery stores when you're abroad because they're so different. Yeah. Because, like, the aisle, like, just, he kept, like, we kept talking about how long the aisle for cereal is and, like, how many more choices there are here than, like, other places. And, like, people eat cereal in France. Like, that's not an uncommon food. It's very common. But the choices are so much less, like, and, and just like the things like that like everything just seems so much huger and like grandiose and yeah. it just feels like magic in a way yeah like everywhere is disneyland <laughs> <laughs> yeah um a- and 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 there's a scene in the movie i think at the at the very beginning that like it's very familiar when eddie murphy and and arsenal arrive in queens and it's middle winter there's snow everywhere it's very poor so the the streets are pretty bare and it's it's just fucking cold as shit and they're freezing their asses off but eddie murphy is in awe he's just like staring and he just sees so much beauty and like grandiose like it's so different from what he knows and he's so excited yeah and i think that is like the best part of uh fish out of water Like um, type of story where like being abroad is just so much excitement. Like you're in awe of everything because it's just new to you. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's a good answer. Thanks. Well, thanks for the question. Thank you. Thank you for thanking me for the question. Um, Liza, we like to we have fun on this show, but there's a lot of like real world stuff going on right now. And in lieu of plugs, it didn't feel right to do our normal thing. Liza, I know you have something you want to say, so the floor is yours. Yeah. Go.
1: Thank you. Um yes, it would not feel right to celebrate a movie just like coming to America and not comment on things that are happening in the US right now. Um so at this time usually of the episode we typically mention the Patreon page um to support the pod um, but instead this week we would like to ask our dear friends of the pod to uh, redirect their funds to um, our outmost vulnerable communities uh, black Americans if you can and want to um, I hope you want to uh, but if you can please send your donations to um, and they can be small medium large donations they always say that anything can help um, especially if they're if any of the big and small organizations are having any matching campaigns right now, um, anything can help. You can uh you can donate to your local Black Lives Matter chapter. Um, I know we have one in Seattle. I think most big cities have their own chapter, or you can donate to the national one. I don't think there's a bad way to donate at this point. No.
0: Nope.
1: Um almost like some of the Black Lives Matter chapter um, chapters have current bailout fund campaigns for uh, the protesters that are being detained, um, and there's other organizations you can donate to, like Black Visions Collective, which is a Black queer and trans organization committed to dismantle our oppressive system. Another good one is um, the freedom funds of uh, or the Minnesota Freedom Fund. Uh, I believe there's other freedom funds out there, but that's the, bi- the big min- main one to donate to right now, at least. Um, they are um, paying or helping to pay the criminal bails and immigration bonds for protesters being detained right now. Um, These are just a few. If you have other ones uh, that you want to share or you want to donate to that are not mentioned, please share with us. Share. um, You can share on Instagram and Facebook, either uh, via a message or on a comment. Uh, The more the merrier at this point. Uh, If you cannot afford to donate, that's totally fair. Um, The other things you can do are follow and share um, their social media accounts. And, um, most of all, you can always humble yourself enough to listen to other people's pain. Um, that's all I wanted to say. Thank you for listening to this episode. I really hope you check out Coming to America if you need to celebrate black culture or you just need a big L belly laugh, uh, right now.
0: Yeah. Well said. Thank you everyone for listening and we will talk to you again soon. See you tomorrow. Yes,
1: see you tomorrow. Bye.